0: Then you will know the truth, Jesus says, and the truth will set you free. Reformation Day is a great day to remember and recall and celebrate this freedom. The freedom that not Martin Luther gave us, but the freedom that Jesus Christ gave and the freedom that Luther was a witness of. This morning was a great day as a kind of... um, What's the right word? A symbolic sort of day. There was a mist hanging over the world this morning, wasn't there? There was a cloud, and it was cold, and it was damp, and it was unpleasant, but the light breaks in, and the mist departs, and today will be a great day to dwell in the light. That's what the Reformation is all about. That's what we celebrate. That's what we rejoice in today, and that is what we still contend for, for that light to shine into the darkness, for that light of Jesus Christ to dispel the gloom, the gloom of bondage. Jesus knew about freedom. In fact, Jesus knew better than anyone about freedom. In his own person, Jesus was totally and completely free, and everyone who heard him recognized it. Do you remember what they said when they heard Jesus teaching in the synagogues? Here is a new teaching with authority, for he does not teach like the scribes teach. Jesus taught with this perfect freedom that was uncharacteristic, that was unlike the other teachers of his day. See, the other teachers in Jesus' day followed all the conventional forms. So they would quote all the right authorities as rabbi so-and-so says, as rabbi so-and-so says, as rabbi so-and-so says. But when Jesus burst on the scene, when he proclaimed God's word, he didn't appeal to someone else. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, you have heard it said of old, but I say to you. In his words, Jesus was this wonderful example of a man set free, free from conventions, And not just in his words, but in his actions, he was free. You remember how he got himself into all kinds of trouble, don't you? You remember how on the Sabbath days, Jesus would go into the synagogues, Jesus would go around, and it was almost as if, wasn't it? Almost as if he was trying to get people to pay attention, to get people to notice that here is a man who is free. Here is a man who works on the Sabbath day. He heals people on the Sabbath day. What is he doing It upset everyone. That's what freedom does. It upsets things because people, and you know this, people like status quo, don't they? People like when you observe all the right things at the right times, when you say, good morning, how are you? How's the weather? Did you watch the game yesterday? But if you come in out of nowhere, if you come in with this total freedom like Jesus had, it upsets people. Why is he talking like that? Shouldn't he be quoting the rabbis? Why is he acting like this? Shouldn't he be resting on the Sabbath day? No, no, no. This man takes too much liberty. This man is too free. See, that's the trouble with freedom. And that's the trouble with being a disciple of Jesus. The freedom that he gives you is not recognized by the world. The freedom that Jesus gives you is this wonderful, rejoicing kind of freedom, this thing that sets your heart at liberty in the world, but the world sees it as a strange phenomenon. Who are these Christians, said the Romans in the first century? Who are these Christians who won't do what we want them to do? Who are these Christians who won't obey Caesar's commands? Who are these Christians who aren't afraid of death? They have too much freedom See, that's the trouble with freedom. It stirs things up. It sets things off. Jesus came to give you that same kind of freedom. Not that you could go around and stick your fingers in everybody else's eyes and say, ha ha, I don't have to do what you have to do, but so that your heart may be at free and at peace in the same way that Jesus's was. So that you would not have to kowtow and bend to every whim and every decree of those who seem to be in charge. So that you would not have to live in fear, the fear of sin, the fear of death, the fear of saying the wrong thing, my goodness, of doing the wrong thing, of thinking the wrong thing. Can you imagine? We live in that kind of bondage, don't we? The Jews lived in a bondage very much like that. And so when Jesus said to them, you will become free if you are my disciples, they said, well, Jesus, hold on. We already are free. We are the sons of Abraham didn't recognize their own slavery they didn't recognize their own bondage and at the time of the reformation it was very much the same way when luther and the the reformers were going around proclaiming this new gospel which wasn't new which had they had reclaimed they had rediscovered those who heard them said well hold on we are the sons of the church we are the sons of the pope what do you mean we must become free And isn't it the same thing that happens now? The gospel goes out into our world, into America in the 21st century, the land of the free and the home of the brave, and says, if you follow the teachings of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, then you will become free. And Americans say, well, hold on. We already are. But see, there is this terrible kind of slavery that goes unrecognized. It's the spiritual form of slavery. It is bondage, Jesus says, to sin. And by that, he doesn't mean simply that we go back to the same sin over and over again, like a dog going back to its vomit. No, that's not good by any means. But what Jesus is talking about here is the bondage to sin that comes by making other gods or by trying to make God somehow captive to us. You can see it in the Jews. You can see it at the time of the Reformation. and You can see it in our own time. Just think for this morning of the Jews in Jesus' day. What were they bound to? They were bound to their own customs. They were bound to their own law. They were bound to their own pride in their heredity, in their ancestry as the sons of Abraham. So here comes Jesus saying, I can give you freedom. And they say, no, thanks, Jesus. We like what we have. We like following the law. We like all of the food laws. We like to follow that. We're going to find our freedom there. We're going to get approval from God by following these things. Now, at the time of the Reformation, the things that they were seeking approval from were very different. But it was the same thing, do you see? Here comes Luther and the reformers preaching that if you believe in Jesus Christ, that by faith you are saved apart from works of the law. And those who heard them said, no, 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 no. We're going to follow the Pope's decrees. We're going to follow the rules of the church. And if we do those things, if we follow those things, if we pay the right people, if we buy the right stuff, if we observe the right kinds of customs, then God will approve of us. And isn't it the same in our times? Oh, yes, that's fine. You can believe in Jesus a little bit, but not too much, right? Don't upset the apple cart too much. What really matters is holding the right opinions about the right kinds of things. You have to be on the right side of history, after all, right? We are sons of the Enlightenment, and so we follow science and reason. We have been set free from superstition, and we will get our approval by holding the right opinions and doing the right things, except... The only trouble is, those keep changing, right? See, here is the kind of bondage that Jesus has come to set you free from. It's the same bondage that was at work in the Jews. It's the same bondage that was at work in the church. And it is the same kind of bondage that would steal you from Jesus Christ today. It is putting your faith in something other than the true God. Seeking your approval from something other than the true Lord. The Reformation was all about this question. How is it that a man is approved of? What do we have to do to have God's approval? How are we justified, to use the technical word? And the answer, the glorious answer is this, that you are justified, you are approved of by God quite apart from what? who you are a descendant of. You are approved of by God quite apart from whether you observe this law or that law. You are approved of by your heavenly father with no regard to what your current political position is. You are approved of by your heavenly father, by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. Now why would that trouble anyone? Why would that cause anyone to grumble? Why did it cause the Jews to get upset with Jesus? Well, what do you mean we will become free? Why did the Pope get mad at Luther and excommunicate him from the church because he was teaching this, that you're justified by grace through faith? And why would the world, why would the world in our own times hear us speak of the forgiveness of sins freely for Jesus' sake and say, no, 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 that's a dangerous message? It's Because it takes away our own boasting, doesn't it? The Jews wanted to hold on to some kind of claim. Well, we're the sons of Abraham. And the people of, the, of Luther's time wanted to hold on to some claim. Well, but we observed these customs. We, we did these things. And in our own day and age, we want to believe that if we just hold the right opinions, if we just say the right forms of words, that somehow, some way, God will have to be terribly impressed with us and say, all right, A+. plus." But the message is so different. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so different. It is so wonderful, it is so liberating, it is so freeing that it upsets that kind of control. Inside each of us, there is this little monster, isn't there, that wants to control everything, that wants to take uh, status for everything, that wants to have merit for everything, that would even try to say to God, God, you you have to be impressed with me because I did these things. The gospel of Jesus Christ sets you free from that bondage. The gospel of Jesus Christ says that he has done it all, that he has paid the price, that his blood was shed for you and that by his merit, by his grace alone, you are saved and that you receive these things. You don't earn them, that you receive them by faith alone. That is the message of the gospel. That is the light that shines into our world and that is what sets us free. But being set free from things is only half of the question, isn't it? Yes, it's great to be set free from superstition. It's great to be set free from that kind of bondage to the law that the Jews had. It's great to be set free. It's hard to believe that the church ever had this kind of authority over people, isn't it? Now the church has almost zero authority. Does anybody care what the church says? It's hard to believe that there was ever a time where people cared deeply what the Pope said and what the church said. It's great to be set free from that. It's great to be set free, but the question now is, what are you free for? If you abide in my word, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yes, you are freed from sin's guilt. You are freed from the threat of death and eternal condemnation. But what are you free for then? You are free to abide in the truth. You are free to abide in the truth of Christ Jesus. And that means you have to hold on to that truth, right? You have to live in it. Listen to Jesus' words again. If you abide, You abide in the truth by believing it. As God has freely given you this gift of faith, so you are to grow in it. You are to learn as much as you can. You are to put that faith into action as much as you can. Because there are many, many enemies all around you that would try to steal your freedom. There is the devil below. There is the world around. And there is that monster creeping within you. That old sinful nature that wants to put you back into bondage don't go back. You've heard the message of Jesus Christ. You have been set free from sin. You have been set free from the old ways of this world. You are even set free from the pressures of society all around you that says to conform to their liking. You are free from these things and free for your Lord. You are free to serve Jesus Christ without fear. You are free to serve Jesus Christ without wondering, well, what if he changes his mind tomorrow or next month or next year or three years from now? You are free for the truth, to love the Lord Jesus and to follow his commands, to follow after him wherever he calls you, whatever he summons you to do. This is the glorious freedom that Christ has brought into the world. And even as many in his own day didn't recognize it for what it was, they looked at Jesus and they said, this guy's just upsetting everything. Don't be surprised when the world sees the freedom of a Christian and says, we don't like this freedom. We don't like these people. We don't like how free they are. We want to control them. You know of a better master than the world. You know of a better master than sin. You know of your master, your Lord, Jesus Christ, and his freedom. The gifts that he gives, the forgiveness of your sins and the new life that he has called you to is not some kind of slavery. It is not a return to the same old, same old, but it is the glorious freedom that God created you for in the beginning. It is the glorious freedom that the son has redeemed you for even now. And it is the glorious freedom that the spirit is working in your heart and in your life this day and will bring to completion in the end. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.